Welcome to Upper 90, a podcast presented by Sand and Surf Soccer Club. Vincenzo Company scores from downtown to put City up in the series. Ooh, smoker. Alright guys, welcome to episode 4 in season 2 of the Upper 90 podcast presented by Sand and Surf Soccer Club. Your host, Dan McCarthy, as always, joined again by club director Carl Dixon and Sam, title this week? Uh, doing a little bit of work with the team tents this week, so maybe team tent coordinator. Fantastic. And what number is that for jobs now? I lost count. 20? Uh, double figures. Double figures. All right. Uh, Sam does have an all-new haircut, unfortunately, due to the podcast not being... Videoed yet, audio only, we can't see it. But if you see him around the fields, make sure you let him know what you think. Uh, change your look, Sam. Yeah, I was uh, I was pranked by my roommate who put uh, her removal cream in my uh, shampoo. So, having a shower, trying to you know, get the, the hair nice and clean so I can get some, some of the wet look gel in there. <laughs> and it uh, started falling out, so I just shaved it off. <laughs> it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Why would your roommate do that to you? Don't know. We're going to get him back, though. If, if anyone's got any ideas of some pranks, uh, email Dan and he'll send me the best ones. Maybe we'll film one. Fantastic. Carl, how's things? Good. Everything's swell. Summer's on the way. Happy days, happy days. So this week, we're going to go into more of an informative outlook. Um, don't worry, we'll still bring the banter and the jokes, as always, but going to kind of give some information and enlighten our parents on recent happenings within the club. There's a lot going on in the club, exciting stuff ahead. Um, so we're going to go in and go straight into kind of how the season's gone so far, the spring season. There's a lot been going on with our elite scrimmages, street soccer, uh, practices and scrimmages. And then um, further on in the podcast, we'll talk more about what's coming up in part two with the adult tournament and, you know, our summer camps and all that good stuff, summer tournaments. And then we'll finish off at the end with some... Uh, Premier League and Champions League banter. Lots to talk about there. Including a few dodgy predictions on the last pod. So most certainly looking forward to part three for me. Um, but before we get there, part one is going to be talking about kind of how the season at San Serve has gone so far and how our kind of new initiatives have been planning out. So no one better to ask than the man himself, the club director, the big dog, Dixon. How's things been going with the club? Your time to shine. Superb. Uh, obviously, you know, we spoke about our whole change in club structure from, you know, having just teams practice twice a week to running a elite program alongside all that now. And uh, I think so far, so good. Four, four months in, the habit on the elite teams of training three times a week and having a heavier schedule has definitely worked. We feel like the level of our teams have, have got better from that structure. And then we also feel like we've done a good job in kind of breaking up the club and getting kids and parents understanding of goal setting and trying to achieve different levels. So I think that has definitely worked out in our favour. Obviously, we've started this year running our elite scrimmage days basically all the elite teams hosted at one location back to back with a kind of showcase feel about it and 
yeah, it's, it's been a fantastic day. It's a good day for the staff, good day for the families, people coming in back to back, watching other age groups, which is good. And I think every team and coach we've hosted have been very thankful of the way we set up the pitch, you know, how our staff is and the whole day itself. So yeah, again, another uh, great success there. In terms of, you know, the tournaments, we're just slowly getting started on that now. So we're definitely looking forward to getting in the tournament ball, as they call it. And, you know, seeing how we come out of that. I think probably for us, the the negative would be kind of the aches and pains of the, the new structure and some people understanding what, is the elite program in comparison to the premier and select and understanding uh, the standards. So, you know, playing time, obviously our staff are very fair on that, but playing time is not a given on the elite teams. And, you know, you have to work for it. You have to be committed. You have to attend it. I think as we drift a little older, you know, from our 9v9 to 11v11, there's definitely an air of, having the kids be tougher, you know, and be able to deal with situations in, in a better way. And I also think it's a big learning curve for parents, you know. We've not distanced them, but we've definitely put the kids first and tried to have the kids have a little bit of power of their own destiny. And, you know, I think we spoke about it the other day, Dan, at the end of the day, the only person who can do the talking is the, the player. You know, parents can try to talk as much as they, they want or explain situations, but you you only see that from the player and their reaction to training and games. So I would say that just that little habit of getting out of the how we used to do things to how we do things now, but it's only a small percentage. So, yeah, everything pretty much moving forwards the way we would like it to be moving. Great. So, have anything you want to add, kind of more on the elite? Maybe we could go a little bit more about the elite scrimmage days, particularly. I think the elite scrimmage days are great because they they've got that <clears throat> elite feel to them, where we're trying to bring in strong teams to play against. We do do it like a kind of a professional academy would do back home, where we we have all our teams kind of playing at the same field back to back. But then we also we're keeping that community aspect where. You're seeing kids and families from other teams coming early to watch other games, staying late to watch other games. So I think it's worked out perfect in that we're pushing the elite teams to, to kind of be elite, but we're also keeping that community culture um, where kind of everyone's watching each other's games, everyone's getting to know each other. We have a lot of families that are all friends and they're all staying around supporting each other and it's been, it's been fantastic. Um, and it's going to be something that we're going to look to grow through the, the whole club next year. So that's going to be, keep your eyes out for some exciting news coming on that front. For It won't just be elite teams, it'll be the whole club. And uh, I know we're excited about it. Hopefully our listeners and the rest of the club will be when we uh, start sending information out about it. Fantastic. We have two elite scrimmage days left at yeah. Maricosta. Yeah. May 18 and June 1st, I believe. Correct. So, <clears throat> two more examples of us finishing off a good spring season there. Um, so, we've had the elite scrimmages, as we've talked about. We've also had our 
second year, third year of street soccer. Third. Third year of street soccer. Um, Sam, maybe as Premier Select boss man, you could talk a little bit more about that, uh, how it's been going on a Sunday. So for those of you who don't know, street soccer, Sunday morning, kind of more of a pick-up street kind of feel to the game. The kids just roll up in their multicoloured shirts that are sponsored by our friends at the Children's Hospital in LA. Um, and they just come and play. They play against kids within the club. So, for example, the boys 2009 might play the girls 2009. And examples like that, they play in small-sided fields, kind of all about the kids just playing, not much coaching going on. Um, and it really brings that soccer culture to Manhattan Beach. So, Sam, you're the man for the job. Kind of maybe go into a little bit more about that and how it's been going so far. Yeah, so it's, it's actually it's called street soccer. Obviously, it's not on the street, but we try and kind of play a little bit like street rules, if you will. Ball goes out of play, we encourage the kids to play quick, whether it's kicking it in or throwing it in, taking quick corners. Goalkeeper, just get it and play. We don't have the build-up lines or anything like that. Um, I think it's fantastic. Uh, we literally, I know with my teams, I've just kind of let them play. I haven't really coached it too much. I've, I've set them some challenges to try and kind of get them thinking and, and push them to improve. But I think as a whole, it's brilliant. It's great to to show up to the field on a Sunday and just see, you know, there's like eight pitches set up. So we've got 16, 16 teams playing at the same time. It looks great. The kids are all having a blast. Um, and then you've got a lot of a lot of like learning that can be done in that environment, which is what's great about it. Um, for those of you that are not familiar with, you know, what what is the point of street soccer? Everything is done on a very small field and it's usually 5v5 or 6v6, so it's very tight. Um, very good for decision-making. you got to make quick decisions because if you don't, field so small that someone's just going to come and take the ball off you. Um, with it being small, your first touch has got to be good, your passing's got to be really accurate. So it really forces the kids to, uh, to work, to concentrate, and, and basically to get better. Um, one thing I like about it is because it's so small, you can literally score from anywhere on the field. So it kind of encourages the kids to always be looking to score and be ruthless. Um, one thing I think is a problem with the American game in all is kind of the creative attacking. So the fact that the kids are always with, every time they get the ball, they pretty much have an opportunity to score if they do the right, make the right decision. I absolutely love that. Um, so yeah, all in all, it's great. It's good to be able to play different teams. You know, you play older kids sometimes, younger kids. You know, the boys play the girls, girls play the boys. It's, it's different challenges every week. Uh, so yeah, for me, it's it's fantastic. Brilliant. And um, we've wrapped up that we've wrapped up street soccer, correct? That was last yeah. Week this 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 week just gone was the last one. Yeah, I think the, on the street soccer one, what's good to mention is. Number one for the club, it's not like a money maker or anything. Like we don't charge anything. It's not that kind of thing for us. You know, the big talking point is always the kids should be playing more. The kids should be playing more. They should be playing pick up with their friends at school. And you know, everybody that says that it it, it just is what it is. It's not going to happen. It's not like when we grew up and you know I was trying to tell someone they banned balls at the school. So then what you did was you got a can and you stamped it down and then you played like that. It's just not the fact. So street soccer was just really an opportunity for us to play a five-a-side or a six-a-side and 
another opportunity for the kids to play with with our coaches overseeing and making it kind of a a nice club morning and that's what it is like you said the kids are out playing some kids are spanking in goals from halfway line some teams are playing other teams and having a tough time all the parents are around the pitch watching you know we've got music playing and I think you know the coaches are having a lot of fun as well with each other you know so it's it's a win-win some people always ask why don't we play a scrimmage or a match instead but we do do that but this is just another avenue to hopefully you know have the kids playing and enjoying it in a different way so great yeah no it's good to have a mix up of different avenues of soccer right you can't just play games 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 you can't just practice 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 you've got to have different elements like there is you know, a lot of different elements of soccer is now emerging, right? You've got indoor, you've got futsal, you've got outdoor, there's so much cage football, there's so much going on now. So it's definitely good for the kids as youngsters to learn and, you know, be productive in different environments. So that's kind of the approach we're taking with it. Um, and it's going well, I think, for the kids. I think everyone's kind of enjoying it. Numbers are good. Attendance is good. So maybe we can talk a little bit more about the practices in the spring. Um, Carl, maybe you could touch on the new club curriculum, kind of what we've been, how that's been working. Um, has that? What we have we seen any differences in practices? Um, the level of practice, maybe all that good stuff. Yeah, so we launched a curriculum this year, basically over, you know, kind of a eight week to nine week period. Coaches are running weekly topics. Uh, the elite teams have, you know, maybe a broader aspect of the topics, and the Premier and Select it's a little bit more simple, but. All in all, I think it was very good. It was a great exercise for our staff. I definitely enjoyed, you know, let's say one week there was, you know, breaking breaking lines, you know, and how to do that. You, you hear the same terminology on the field all week, those buzzwords and similar sessions, and the kids are looking around and, you know, seeing everything going on. You know, I think probably a big issue in a lot of the clubs is there's not a lot of unification and some kids some coach might be trying to work on things and then they turn around and you know coach coach john's working on sharks and minnows and the kids are having fun yeah. and then this the, the team that's you know trying to work on something is maybe you know feeling bad about themselves and they want to do that so i think now for us it was all about unifying everything kids turn up similar sessions a little bit broader for the ages and yeah and then for the coaches the coaches had to put together session plans send to me you know sam would be checking in you know and and i think that habit for the coaches was great things were more organized the details were better the sessions were actually simpler and there wasn't a lot of which tends to happen uh winging it you know just people winging it and being lazy, you know, getting the balls out of the car, setting up a five-a-side, you know, and then that's about it. And then starting to coach possession in the third when they're playing a five-a-side and they've no real objectives of their session. So, yeah, uh, I think, you know, we took feedback from the staff and everybody really enjoyed it. I think it tests the staff and we've got uh, ambitious staff that they like to be tested they like to be you know see how they're doing and things be measured so yeah uh, again just very like our structure change i think it went smoothly so you guys can 
give your opinion on it. Yeah, I, I think it's been great as well. And I think in the long run, like for the club, for our teams, for the coaches, it's going to work fantastic because, like you said, we've got every team is working on the same topic each week. Obviously, the coach is putting their little spin on it and putting their bringing their personality to the practice. But when we have teams that change coaches, the new coach doesn't have to spend time going over things that the old coach coach missed, which sometimes happens. We know that you know the kids should all have a good understanding of kind of every aspect because every coach has ran through the curriculum. Myself and Carl have been checking in on everyone just to make sure things are being done as they're meant to be. And um, in the long run, it's going to be way better. I know in the past, at my old club, I inherited teams from other other coaches. And I had to spend time going back, almost teaching the basics, because some coaches had kind of just skipped over it. And it was it was very frustrating. So this is going to be great in the long run, just, just for that type of thing, which is uh, fantastic. Where was your old club again? Uh, Florida. Oh, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I think there might be a few listeners that don't know that I, I did used to live in Florida. So. Just, no. just to clarify that one. <laughs> no, all good. Um, I'll just echo kind of what the guy said. As a coach, I don't do the checking in, of course, but I've been subject to working I mean, with the curriculum. Checked on it. I've been checked on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, no, it's been great. You know, it's good going in. It's good going into a session with a game plan. The transition of the session is good when you're moving from the warm up to the skill practice to the condition game. Maybe at the end, the transition's a lot smoother. You get a lot more done, and yet you also know what you're expecting from a session. A lot of the time, when you don't have a session plan, you're going in there and you kind of, as Carl said, you're winging it, and you kind of don't know what you want from the kids. You kind of, ex- you know, but when you plan the session, you kind of expect, okay, we're receiving the ball by front foot or, or our back foot, sorry, or and good stuff like that. So it's good to know kind of what you want to get out of the session. And it also helps you gauge if you've had a good session or not, if the boys have done well or the girls have done well, and if that can relate to the game. And it gives you a clearer perspective of what you're looking for in the game as well, right? If you've been working on playing out the back in the week and you've had two or three good sessions because they've been planned and they've been structured and you go into the game and you're bopping it out the back, then it's all well. So, no, I think it's been a good change. And I think, as you say, Carl, the coaches have really enjoyed it. Speaking for myself and conversations I've had around the field, it's been good. So, and then... um, Maybe we can just finish off this section with maybe a little topic on how about some of the teams that maybe haven't played as much, um, you know, kind of what their what their outlook is, what their expectations are, reasons why, kind of that stuff. Yeah, I'll I'll take that one. So we do have a few um, newer teams, and when I say newer teams, I mean basically teams that were kind of brand new, like we put them together this year, or teams where maybe we had. You know, maybe we pulled half a team up to the the team above them, and they were left needing to fill fill uh, the roster. So the newer teams, um, they started to scrimmage a little bit later on in the year, as basically we the coaches and us we wanted them to spend a little bit more time on the practice field, getting to know each other, getting to know each other's habits. The coach can get an understanding of all of his or her players. Um, but we're at the point now where I believe all teams have experienced scrimmages. Um, I can see in people's team snaps that we've got plenty of scrimmages coming up. Um, the teams that were kind of already together and were a little bit more consistent, they've been pretty much scrimmaging uh, for the majority of spring. Again, the reason for that is you know the boys know each other, they've already been a team, the coach is familiar with everyone, so it's much easier and makes more sense to get them straight into the scrimmages. Um, yeah, and I, I guess that's that really. 
you think that explains that well? Yeah, if it, look, uh, yeah. when you're when you're a brand new team or you're a team that let's maybe say you know one of our age groups uh, coach left and there was a little bit of disruption and the team changes and they're with a new coach, I think it's silly for people to think they're going to be doing and have the same momentum as a team that you know has maybe been together a year or two years with the same coach and pretty much the same players so again I think it's it's the society and the culture here you know people uh, paid money and then see what other people are doing and just expect that whereas we calculate every move whereas I know for a fact other clubs and talking other coaches they feel pressured to jump right into a tournament after state cup when their team is really not ready for it yeah. you know they just aren't you know they've came through tryouts changes this and that so the only difference is in our club we have grips on everything and, and we calculate and measure everything and we take no pressure from the parent group you know so uh, you know, one of our 2010 team boys with Coach Manny is a very new team. So they're going to have a slower implementation through the year. And then when the fall comes around, you know, they're going to be back to back playing games every weekend, doing what everyone else does. And they might have a better fall because of that slower, yeah. you know, progression than you know, having played three tournaments, maybe it not went well and the kids maybe being burned out before fall. So I think, you know, uh, communication is always key from the club and the coaches on that. But I think the parents have to understand and be realistic, you know, uh, especially in the younger age groups, you know, training, getting to learn the game more, playing some informative scrimmages where the coaches get to go out and coach you know, on the field and help them out is much better than paying X amount of dollars to play in a very heated competitive environment. And we know there's teams that drop down into lower levels just to win. That will not help a new team if they come up against that. So I think we found the right fit again, you know. I think on, on the topic of scrimmages as well in spring, it's always worth mentioning that it's tough to get scrimmages as well like trying to deal with other coaches sometimes people won't return calls emails messages people will pull out on you at the last minute and it, it can sometimes be a nightmare yeah i think it's good to let the parents you know and i don't know if co coaches are listening to this or people from other clubs but it's an absolute disgrace that coaches from other clubs will text on a thursday saying oh i forgot i've a tournament with my other team this weekend like that's thursday you know, how they don't know that in advance just sums it up for me. And anybody in this day and age that can text back, send an email back or call back, you know, need to move back to the Stone Age because <laughs> it's just, it's it's disgraceful. So our coaches do a really good job. I'm talking sending 20 emails, texting, you know, 20 to 30 people. And what you just have to kind of do in that situation is build relationships and that makes it easier, but I can tell you, everybody listening, you can send 10 texts to coaches. If you get two back, you're celebrating, you're <laughs> celebrating, seriously. So I think everyone needs to understand that when they're saying, oh, why don't we just get a scrimmage, get a match, do this, do that. And I think that's why a lot of other organizations, they probably play tournaments 
you know, more tournaments just because it's easy, isn't it? You know, you pay the money, you jump into it. There's no having to, but for us, it was all about we want to play home games. Yeah. There's no need to be driving, and there's no need to be paying $800 for maybe two games that are waste of time, you know, not beneficial. So that's it in a nutshell. You coaches out there, text back. <laughs> or email, or call. You have options. Yeah. Or send a pigeon. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Some, anything. Bebo. Bottle. space. I don't know. What Bottle in the option. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you fancy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. It's like I say. You can also just come to Tower 12 and let me know if you want. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the office, but that's <laughs> it. Sam is available 10 till midnight, Thursday through Sunday, Tower 12, yeah, Hermosa Beach. Don't bother me after midnight. Don't know about the zip code. But I'm sure you can type in Google and find him. But now you guys make a good point about organising scrimmages, but it's also tough to organise you know, the right scrimmage. We're not just texting. If you're a flight one team, we're not going to be... You know, texting flight free coaches, right? Let's play because again, what are the kids going to learn from that? So it's not only hard; it's very hard to get a scrimmage alone, but to get a scrimmage that makes sense, that fits the the purpose and the needs of your team, is also even more difficult because <clears throat> you know you don't want to just be playing for the sake of playing. You want to play a game that's going to teach your kids, it's going to it's going to teach you as a coach, and hopefully get you guys better in a lot of ways. So very difficult. I can speak for that. I had a game recently cancelled on Thursday, believe it or not, for a Saturday <laughs> game for the O nine. So I know how it is. Um, and it happens to a lot of us so just for our sand and surf parents maybe listening out there we are trying we are we're very proud of our communication as a club we pride ourselves on that so we're always reaching out so uh, any lasting thoughts guys for part one I think we've covered a lot of things there all pretty good excited stuff for the club that's been happening we've done a lot of good things in the spring you know summer coming up which we'll talk about a little bit more in part two but all good so Part one done, and it's part two now where we'll talk about what's coming up. All right, guys, part two of the pod. Uh, Going to talk a little bit more about what's coming up in the club. It never stops here at Sand and Surf headquarters. We're always thinking of the next initiative or the next thing to do. Uh, the brains come together in the office where we're sat right now, and we've, we think of good things to come. So coming up immediately... Um, our summer tournaments we'll get into that a little bit later but for with the club the next big thing is the uh, kids coach the adults charity tournament that we host the adult tournament we host it every year Carl am I correct in saying this is our fourth one our fourth annual adult tournament he's nodding his head so we'll go with yeah he's gritting his teeth yeah yeah, I, I believe I'm correct in saying it's our it fourth. Is, it is fourth. It yeah, is fourth. our fourth annual adult tournament. Um, it's a big day where um, where we get all the parents Just in our that, club. That word fourth, I'm having nightmares about at the moment, relating to uh, something we're talking about in the Premier League. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> United and all that. Um, but yeah, no, it's a big day where we get all the parents and adults within our club together to have a kick about. Um, the kids get to coach their parents for once, rather than the parents coaching their kids from the sidelines which we've experienced a lot in this day and age. So this year, it's going to be hosted on Sunday, June 2nd, at the all-new Miracosta High School Meadows Turf Field. So many of our parents have obviously been there for our elite scrimmage days and scrimmages. It's a brand new turf field built by Miracosta High School, our friends over there. So fantastic field. Um, Club-wide event, we uh, create teams. Uh, There's a lot of changes to the format this year. Um, we'll get into that maybe in a minute but 
you know, just a great club-wide event to get to know each other as families, you know, while supporting a great cause. What I mean by that is all proceedings and profits, whatever, all the money goes towards our Sand and Surf Scholarship Fund, um, a fund that we create every year for our kids who maybe need a little bit of financial support with paying for club dues. As you, as you guys know, the pay-to-play system over here is not cheap, so we like to help where we can in the... Uh, especially being within a great area in Manhattan Beach for most of the beach. So, you know, all for a good cause. Last year, we raised over $20,000 for our fund, which was fantastic. And this year, we're going to hope to go for the 25K mark and really get over that, you know, really smash our target and get further. So looking forward to that. Um, this year, for those of you listening, maybe you don't know, we're suggesting a donation of $50 per person or $500 per team. Um so hopefully you guys can contribute on there. There's a registration link online and stuff. But, you know, this year, lots of new changes. We've got, for, for the first time ever, we've got a recreational and a competitive bracket. In previous years, we've only done a recreational bracket where, you know, we just put you guys in a group and we get all the teams together and they play and then we do a semi-final and a final at the end of the day. This year, we're going to have a recreational bracket for those people who maybe don't want to, you know, tear their ACL or blow out their Achilles, which has happened no, it's never happened at Sound of Surf tournaments, so don't worry about it. You know, but and then we also have the competitive bracket for maybe the old school, high school, or college players. We know there's a couple of you out there, so you get two sides of the spectrum of the game. Um, so that's all new for this year, and then that's kind of on the field. I believe there's going to be three or four games minimum per group. Some some teams who maybe reach the final may play five games throughout the day. So lots going on. Um, the games are small sided. 6v6, am I correct in saying 7v7? Depends on the number of teams. Depends on the number of teams. So lots going on there. Uh, Lots of small-sided games. Um, We have volunteer referees coming in. The best refs in town coming to help us, which will be fantastic. All the coaches will be there in support. Um, And then, yeah, so you play your games. Maybe get to a final, get to win the big trophy, which Sam's going to provide. Seeing as he's won a few trophies. These days, more in Florida, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so all real good fun. And then off the field, lots going on off the field as well. We have, of course, the number one, probably the best barbecue in town, run by... Who's going to be run by this year? Coach Ben? He seems to be the man for the barbie, right? We're in negotiations. We're, we're doing some taste testing. and Yeah. We're going to... We'll get the best man for the job. Talking to a few vendors, yeah, see what we can we'll get. get the best man. It's, it's usually been Coach Gibbo in the past, but as many of you know, Coach Gibbo is retired to go sell houses. So he won't be doing. He won't be manning the barbie this year. But we have the uh, barbecue. So food and beverages are all available there. With some, last year we had our friends from Jamba Juice and coming down. Coach Sam's the man for that. So maybe he can talk about that in a minute. But you know, lots of good things going on. Activities for the kids. We're going to introduce an obstacle course this year. We're going to have our famous soccer dartboard there, which is always a, a a hit with the fans with the kids. And we're also going to introduce a kind of street soccer kind of mini soccer games, which is going to be led by myself and Coach Kevin. Coach Kevin bringing that European street soccer vibe. So For the kids and not the adults, that one. Yeah, so that's for the kids. Yeah, We so don't want the adults. There'll be some real soccer. Going on <laughs> so that'll be good fun too. Uh, also bringing on the day will be a raffle, silent auction where we can bid our favourite, fa- you can bid on some good experiences um, with your favourite coach. There's a lot going on, as I've told you, but probably the best of all, something that we're really excited to announce this year, is the coaches' dares. So this year, each coach is going to handpick dares for each other and the players from the Sand and Surf team that raises the most money and donates the most money to the fund will choose which 
coach will be doing their assigned dare. So Coach Sam has a list of a few dares. We're not going to reveal them just yet because we want to keep you guys enticed, but there's some good ones in there. Um, I'm not sure. They're not confirmed as yet, but there might be some shaving of heads, some waxing of legs, uh, some dressing up. Yeah, they'll all be released uh, very soon, so keep keep your eyes and your ears peeled for those and uh, get your checkbooks ready. Yeah, it's going to be good fun. So that'd be really exciting. We're going to put the coach in the middle of the field in front of everybody and, you know, embarrass them a little bit. So that should be fun. <laughs> so make sure you get donating if you want to be the winning team. You get to choose it. So lots going on. You can sign up online to do that just as a player or as a team. We currently have around 11, 10, 11 teams. I think we might be close to 12 now, uh, getting all signed up and ready to go. So it's going to be a big event, hopefully our biggest one yet, and we really want to hit that 25K mark. So... I've just spent six minutes promoting the adult tournament. Does anybody want to bring some non-tangible or non-negotiating side to the tournament? Because I feel like I've just been selling it for six minutes. Uh, Sam, as an experienced pro in the adult tournament last year, maybe leading um, it last year. I would just want to add in a little bit more info on the the recreational bracket. We we, we added this because there was uh, parents who really wanted to get involved because it is a, a super fun day for a great cause. But they were just a little bit... A little bit scared to take the field because some players were, were pretty intense. There's nothing wrong with being intense and that's why we created the competitive bracket because we want to we wanna have a place for those competitive, intense players. So any of those players in recent years who've maybe not fancied taking the field with some super competitive people, go ahead, get down to dicks, buy yourself some cleats, some shin guards, even though you probably won't need them, you still have to wear the shin guards and uh, start going for a... A few runs here and there, maybe kicking a ball against the wall or go to field, kick the ball with your kid for a little bit and uh, get yourself ready to come and make your debut and uh, play in the, the recreational bracket. And then obviously for those people who are competitive, maybe they look at it that some of the teams you play against are not competitive enough. Get your team together, get yourself ready, play in that competitive bracket and see if you can go and bring the trophy on. Yeah, and Coach Carl's kindly volunteered to do the training for that. So if you want to join him on a 10-mile <laughs> run down the coast, which Co- Coach Carl does a few times a week, he can maybe train you up. I'm not sure about it. I don't anything. think anyone can keep up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All I remember last time I was running was I was running after Kevin and then everyone else was running after me. So <laughs> I'll be the Liverpool of the running. You yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, we, should, we should probably let parents know as well that our coaches are available for a fee for a private one-on-one coaching ahead of the adult tournament. Who's the man for the privates these days? I think I've kind of retired. I'm still about, but maybe not as much. Sam? It depends on the type of player, you know? Yeah, that's true. Maybe Coach Manny. (laughs) Coach Manny seems to be the man on the plan. So, yeah, if you need some training, get to Manny. He might be able to sort you out. That's not Manny Beastmo, by the way. That's (laughs) that's Manny Saturday, sir. Manny Camo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, uh, I've got to go back to something Sam said. Do you ever think when you were growing up in Wigan, You'd be sitting, you know, in Southern California by the beach and you'd say a sentence as, get yourself down to dicks to buy your cleats. Did you ever think you'd be saying stuff like that? Never, never. How would you translate that to English? Yeah, translate. I would say, go and buy yourself a pair of boots from uh, from JJB Sports. Big Dave Whelan. (laughs) Pro Direct. Dave Whelan a bit of your money. (laughs) Funny, I saw an article, uh, we're going completely off topic a little bit here, but I saw an article the other day about how Wigan had the youngest chairman in it history, was, 23 years old. It was Dave Whelan's grandson. Yeah. So it was cheating a little bit, but... Yeah, I yeah it, was it, it wasn't an easy job to get for him, was it? <laughs> it didn't <laughs> work <didn't laughs> <work laughs> into anything. 
golden spoon, as they say. But yeah, no. So yeah. um, I'll probably let everyone know that each team's got a captain. So if you if you do want to play, find out who your team captain is. You probably already know. But go ahead, let them know that you want to play. And then any questions, Dan is your man. Yeah, so... Have we ever seen one of our team captains wear a cap and armband? I would like to see that this year. I can guarantee... A lot of our kids now, a lot of our team captains have got their armbands. I would recommend bicep curls at the gym as well if you're going to wear that. Here's the question though. Are we going to ban people from wearing it on the 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 sh- on the legs? Yeah, it's got to be, be on arm. the arm. It's got to be an arm. It's got to be on the arm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, we are betting. We do do betting sometimes, and I do bet that Jeff Brown will be the first person to wear a captain's <laughs> arm. So I'm going to throw that out there straight away. I know he's an avid listener of the pod, so he's definitely going to be. We're surprised if he's wearing two actually, one on each arm. Isn't his son a captain? He is. So I'll just borrow that arm back. <laughs> there you go. Maybe if Jimmy lets him have it for the day. Yeah, we'll it, it might be a bit baggy on Jeff, to be fair. Yeah, Jimmy, <laughs> he's got the guns, and not he? Gun show. Sun's out, guns out as well. With summer coming up. So, <clears throat> no, all for a good cause. So, any questions, shoot them at me, Dan McCarthy, Dean McCarthy at sandandsurfsoccer.com. Um, be happy to help and get signed up. We want to make it the biggest one yet. Always a good time. Uh, the coaches won't be playing, so don't worry about that. You can win. We might let you win this year. So, all good. Who's on the barbecue? We just talked about that while you were out of the room. Uh, it, obviously, we retired. Oh, Coach Gibbo retired, didn't he? So we're thinking Ben Thomas done a good job last year, didn't he, Coach Ben? Yeah, we'll get my shape as chef's apron this year. <laughs> yeah, sure. we're going to do some, like Sam said, we're going to do some... Was, cause he was naked. He was yeah, he was, just, he was just wearing a pair of Crocs. That was all <laughs> <laughs> so, pair of Crocs and an apron and... Crocs with socks. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we're gonna do some tasting. Did we say so? We're yeah, gonna... we'll do a little taste. I see who the best best chef is. Yeah, then we'll get. Are you in. talking about afterwards a bar show wine tasting? Is oh yeah, we, we didn't even mention. We didn't even mention the after party. Yeah, oh, Coach yeah. Shaz moved into a new apartment in Hermosa. So those I, parents. Is the after party here. in Tower Twelve. Then? We're actually, we're actually in talks with someone about a potential after party. Uh, if it doesn't happen for the adult tournament, we'll make it happen for another event. So parents, we are thinking. Of, we are thinking of event. you guys as well. Yeah. But there will be an after party, a parents' party at some point this year. You have my word. Oh, you, you heard it. You heard it here first. You have his word. Um, and on while we're talking about that, now I've got your attention. Um, we're looking for prizes for the raffles and uh, any volunteers to help us just make sure the day runs smoothly. So anyone who's listening who maybe wants to donate a prize or knows someone who might, Please let us know, and then obviously if you if anyone doesn't mind volunteering some time, maybe if you're not going to play in the tournament, maybe you could just help us, you know, sell raffle tickets or do something. We're always looking for people to help us, so uh, you can reach out to Dan as well, and then with him being my assistant, he can pass it on to me. <laughs> listen, yeah. to, listen to it. My name's on the flyer, right? Makes you the big dog, doesn't it? But yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah. Any questions, Sam? S. Fairhurst at Sandersurfsoccer. <laughs> <laughs> But no, lots going on for the adult tournament. So, also, it's not just the adult tournament. We would never just single it down to one thing. We have so much going on here, so many ideas. We have more going on. We do have our ever famous, ever popular summer camps this year. We have three dates, as always. This year, we have the week of July 8th, July 29th to August 2nd, and finishing up with August 12th to 16th. So, five days of fun for each week, 9 till 12pm over at Aviation Track and Field in Redondo Beach. Um, I'm sure many of you have drove past the field with the big track around the outside, very open. You can see some skills going on there. So very excited for them summer camps. They're always very popular within our programme. Um, this year, we have the early bird price of $200. You need to register before June 30th to achieve that. Um, price after that is 240 
Uh, we have a lot of people signed up already, seeing as we sent out a code for our sand and surfers. We're not going to put it on the pod because we know what you cheeky guys are like. You'll try to jump on it. But there is a code for a one free camp for all of our sand and surf members. So if you haven't signed up for that, make sure you contact myself and jump on that. And if you're not a sand and surf member, we do love having the outside guys coming in and showing their skills, you know. So you're definitely more than welcome to join us for all levels, all ages, between 5 and 14 years old. So, you know, if you need some plans for the summer, you want to come kick some balls with the coaches and, you know, honour your skills, then definitely get out there. I'll be there with Coach Liam and a few others. So looking forward to that. Lots of good fun this year. We'll introduce new initiatives such as Jersey Day and Competition Day. And, you know, we do lots of fun. We make it a real fun time for everybody. So definitely looking forward to the camps. Um, if you want to register, you can head over to our website, www.sandersurfsoccer.com. Um, all new website, I may mention. I don't know if we mentioned that, but it's all brand new. It looks very sleek. Is designed. I think it's new. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks good. You can go there. You can go... On our Instagram, it's on there somewhere. It's on Facebook. It's all around. So brand new flyer as well. Looks very nice. It's got my name on it, so it looks better. So looking all good. Any questions? Dean McCarthy, sandandsurfsoccer.com. Um, get signed up. Uh, places are still available. But like I said, we have had a record. I, I would say it's a record number of sign-ups this early. So lots going on. You Make sure get you get space. Avoid missing out, don't you? I mean, you know, free T-shirt, free ball for everybody involved, right? So Imagine, imagine oh. how bad it would be driving to work in the morning when the camp's on you drive past aviation and your kid can't go because you missed out you were too late you see all them kids having all that fun yeah 120 <laughs> kids in the sand and surf red just okay. putting them in the top bin programs you know. continue to get better yeah <laughs> the, the uh, spring break camp was an all record high this year so we're, we're looking to send, set more records put like some... Pep Guardiola yeah, in City's first year he just came in just <laughs> set this standard now and can nah. you keep it going set up a failure now <laughs> it's only going downhill from here <laughs> but no yeah Look, looking forward to that um, so yeah any questions let us know any other things coming up gents what else oh we could, I guess we can go kind of go into summer tournaments not run by us don't worry Santa Surf inaugural tournament is coming I feel like it's coming right <laughs> I've, I've got the two bosses in here so you know, I've been in their meetings. I'm sure it's it's coming soon, right, guys? Right? I know there's a few parents demanding it, asking for it. I have to say no comment on this one. <sighs> Clubs are even asking us for it. Yeah, after the elite scrimmage day and, you know, the elite setup of that, people were demanding it. I've, I feel like it's around the corner. No promises, but... Let I do. Well, people have said those local tournaments just took a huge decline, you know, yeah. and we just need a better team what, coming in. Right. What we can say is, if a sponsor was to come in and write us a cheque for 20 grand... Maybe we've got the plans already in it's place nice to make for you it up. Start at a nice small number there. <laughs> yeah, it's achievable. That easy, isn't it? In this community. I mean, I'm going low there with twenty grand. <laughs> Hopefully, Beach Braces is listening. <laughs> or a parent who feels like just being a nice guy. Hey, anyone, you know, someone's having a good Tuesday morning. We're, we're you know, a bit of spare cash. We're a non-profit, so technically it's tax deductible. Yeah. It'll be a nice tax write-off. All towns and conditions can be found at sfairhurstsandersurfsoccer. You have your logo all over Manhattan Beach. <clears throat> <clears throat> stop it but yeah no so we're not whilst we're not hosting a tournament we are a member of many high level tournaments we've been signed up for so maybe we'll get club doc because i feel like i've been talking forever on this part club maybe, doc maybe it's changed a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the host should not be talking this much everyone who's listening to the podcast is like who's this <laughs> who is who is he here who's again why is he back what's he doing <laughs> 
DOC, Spits and Rhythms. So we have the Legends Tournament on May 18th that most of our Premier and Select teams are part of in Norco. It's a pretty popular tournament, usually well run, so looking forward to that, supporting our teams. Then on Memorial Weekend, lucky for some, we have uh, teams playing in Man City Cup. Get in there! And then we, how many teams do we have in Man City Cup? We have... Seven. Seven, and then two teams in Cerritos Memorial, which is also, you know, a big tournament. So looking forward to that weekend. And then in June, we have two tournaments, Swallows Cup, which is a tournament typically our, our club always goes to. It's well run, good local tournament. It's actually a tournament that supports a good cause, basically the club Capo FC. They use most of that money to fund uh, paying their coaches for the year and whatnot. They don't actually, uh, a lot of their kids, if not all of them, don't pay to play. So it's, it's good. And they do a great job. Great field, well run, organized, good competition. So if you're on another club listening to this, I would sign up for that. It's also cheap. Uh, and then the elite teams are in the SoCal Showcase. So, be good competition in June, and then we take our summer break, and then we return in the summer for some more fun. But yeah, I think tournaments is always an exciting time. I don't think it's a time where you need to jump on the wagon of pressure and pressure and pressure, and your team having to win it and getting wrapped up in that. There's a lot more good points to come out of it you know you get to spend the whole weekend with your team sometimes you get to stay in a hotel sometimes those are the things you remember more than the actual games mm-hmm. and then the games for the coaches is getting us to measure you know how the spring has went in terms of that development against opposition we maybe haven't faced and you know can our teams play three or four games over the weekend you know some some teams are good at playing that one match other teams have that endurance to go through it so yeah all in all it's it's a fun experience i know after it us as coaches on the monday you're typically uh frazzled yeah your voice is you know hoarse and uh you don't want to see another pitch again of the you know till you live but then once you get back out there you're all good so yep lots of uh exciting times you know good all good tournaments by the way have we have we got a sunscreen sponsor Technically, yeah, with Vertra. Yeah, just saying that you with your new haircut definitely. <laughs> we call it a haircut. If anybody wants to sponsor Sam, <laughs> you know, uh, or just buy Sam some sunscreen. Just a hint: if you thinking about the coach's dares and you're thinking about, oh yeah, my coach should shave his head. Don't waste it on Sam. If there's a if there's a volunteer, if somebody wants to sponsor me personally, I guess I could get your your logo tattooed on my head. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the money's big enough. <laughs> How much you thinking? Uh, 20 grand. You'd have to make me an offer and we'll go from there. Yeah. We, somewhere in the ballpark of 10 grand, I think. Could get it done, right? Back of the head. Forehead, 20 grand. We'll, we'll talk. I, I'd Look, if this was late, ni- late enough on a Saturday night, you could probably get it done for <laughs> two Moscow mules <laughs> yeah. in Tower 12. So, anyways. Brilliant. No, it's a, lots of good tournaments coming up. Summer's always a fun time. I right, go with Coach Carl. You know, the it's always fun being in a tournament with your teams, doing the, having the team bonding, staying over, having a team dinner, 
hanging out at the hotel pool and the jacuzzi with a few tacades or something like that. So, no, all good fun. Um, anything else coming up, gents, that I've forgotten? Team adult tournament, summer camps, team tournaments? Nope, you're good. No? So still lots going on. So we've covered what's been happening. We've now covered what's coming up. That you know, lots of information there for you guys. We're trying to be informative as well as funny. I know we're probably better at the ladder, but we try to be, you know, teachers as well of the game. So all good stuff coming out of Santa Surf Soccer Club. So pretty much covered all bases there, right, gents? We can now move on to probably the highly most highly anticipated part of the pod this week. Premier League. I've actually got League. the lead now, so Ah no chance <laughs> of that one, Doors locked, we're going. See you in part three. Part three of the pod. As you can probably tell from my voice, thoroughly, thoroughly looking forward to this part. Regular listeners of the pod and avid fans of our work would know that, you know, as a Chelsea fan and the season they've had this year, I've been hammered quite a lot from the boys in the office. Um, for those of you who are unaware, uh, maybe we'll wait, actually. We'll wait to get into that. But part three, Premier League, Champions League review, arguably the two best avenues of soccer in the world. The Premier League being the best club league in the world and the Champions League being the best club competition. And then obviously you have the World Cup, but we won't be talking about that for a while. So little Champions League, Premier League review. And then we'll finish up with a couple of parent questions to finish it off. So, gents, as fans of the Premier League, two of us, two out of three, are Premier League club supporters. Sam, just for the sake of the pod, do you want to... Are you going to support a Premier League team in this, or are you backing anyone? Or I get that. I get asked that too many times by Americans. Like, what, what's your Premier League team? You, you only have one team, and unfortunately, even though we have been Premier League champions back in the day, we're not in the Premier League anymore. <laughs> so we're talking about Blackburn Rovers. Blackburn I think, Rovers, the mighty Rovers. Yeah, this week, mid, um, lower mid-table finish, yeah, top of the bottom half, top, top of the bottom half <coughs> in the Championship. Championship by February, our season was over. We were never going to get promoted, we were never going to get relegated. So. And I'm assuming that club legend and big golf striker Bloody Dak might be leaving the club. I mean, Dakers. When, when you've got a player of his quality, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams sniffing, but maybe United could use him. I mean, he scores goals, creates goals, doesn't he? Yeah, fair enough. So, <clears throat> Carl, Man United fan, he's got a very nice smile on his face right now. Do you want to kind of go through what's happened, really, with uh, Ollie at the wheel, as they were saying? Oh, I'm enjoying <laughs> I think this. Ollie's jumped into the past. Crash <laughs> 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 off hey, the side. Tell you what, he's uh, he's definitely in an Uber at the moment, smoking a smoking a cigar after signing that contract. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I can give a quick update, and then we can get your opinions on things. So. There was a massive, as many of you will probably know, there's a huge race for the top two. It's probably the most captivating of the Premier League between Manchester City and Liverpool. Um, neither of us, none of us in this room are Man City or Liverpool fans, so we don't really care too much. But I think we could all agree that, or well, maybe not Sam because he doesn't know what team he likes, but maybe we can all agree that we don't want Liverpool winning the league. Just for my sake, I don't want to hear Liverpool fans talk about that for the next 25 years. And with Carl being a Man United fan and the rivalry between Man United and Liverpool, it just makes sense not to see a Liverpool win the league. It was it's kind of strange to say that as you know Manchester City, Manchester United, cross town rivals. But I think we can all agree in this room at least that 
we'd rather City win the league than Liverpool. Looks good. City won last night 1-0 thanks to a, as introduced earlier in our pod by Sam, Vincenzo Company's absolute schmoker. So, smoking. <laughs> so, um, they're top of the league with one game to go. One game to go in the Premier League. And if City win that game or better, Liverpool's result, they will win the league. So, have you seen the goal difference? Four, four goals? Four goals. Four goals. It's close. Goals against conceded the same amount. It's insane. Them two are absolute juggernaut. Credit where credit's due. Been amazing uh, this year, them two. The pity is that Liverpool will be dropping off something serious when some players get signed this summer. I can't wait to see Liverpool tobacco again, go back into mediocrity. I'm looking and, forward and to will, it. How long will Klopp have? Well, Klopp said, I don't know if you saw that, in an interview four years ago, he said that we will win a trophy in the next four years and if we don't, I will go and manage in Switzerland. He said that word for word. It's been four years Some at the end of this season. Switzerland, like. Good cheese too, to be fair. So, decent on taxes as well. So, yeah, uh, I was going to say. Uh, Copper said that. So, right now, they're at the Champions League. Hopefully today, they're, they're playing in 30 minutes as at the time of recording against Barcelona. So, hopefully another Lionel. Little, little Messi. DBG come back to Liverpool. Frank Lampard go to Chelsea. And then... Dwight York back at United. <laughs> Red Parler. No, that's... <laughs> It soon will be at some stage. That's the way it it's going to be. It's going to be Thierry Henry, maybe back to Arsenal, not going off his Monaco days. But <laughs> yeah, so no, captivating title race. One more game to go in the Premier League. Um, Liverpool and City going at it. 96 points. No, 95 and 94 points. Incredible that, by the way. So there's going to be a team that gets over 95 points and doesn't win the league, which is absurd. So them two have really set the tone. Fair play to them playing great football. Good to see, but we're all City in this room hopefully to win the league um, but even maybe a fun definitely a funnier but more of a captivating race maybe has been the race for the top four those of you who haven't been aware top four in England the top four place teams all qualify for the UEFA Champions League as we said earlier probably the best competition in the world for club um, did he qualify or did he have to go through qualifying so the top three I believe automatically qualify am I yeah. correct in saying that and then the fourth place <clears throat> have to go for a qualifying round they have to play a team somewhere so, in Azerbaijan in so July this, this weekend this past Sunday when I saw you happier than I've ever seen you yeah because you were Champions League yeah technically you're not in the Champions League yet we are technically in the top four so when we're on like series three of the podcast yeah in a few months and we're talking about <laughs> How just you boys? How might, am I getting you boys? Like Eden Hazard isn't in the team of the year. Might not be in the Champions League. He won't be playing. He won't be playing. He won't be there. He'll be in Madrid with Margarita on the beach. No. Um, so just to clarify, Chelsea are guaranteed to be in the top four. Um, if we come in fourth place and we have to qualify, I would hope we wouldn't lose against a bunch of farmers somewhere. But you never know. <laughs> Going by this season, so Chelsea are currently in third with Tottenham in fourth, Tottenham Hotspurs. So uh, one of us two will be unless Arsenal win four 0 and Tottenham lose four 0 or turn over an eight goal difference, then it will be Chelsea and Tottenham in the top four alongside Man City and Liverpool. Uh, it's just going to be the battle for third and fourth between them two, and then first and second for Man City and Liverpool. You may be thinking, or you may have realised now, that we're missing two big clubs who are going to be missing out the Champions League. We have Arsenal who will be missing out this year 
Uh, we, on well, the last, uh, well, unless, unless, like I said, there's a five nil on a win for Chelsea well, as well. Well, they well, have well, a well, best well. bet again in the what Champions if, League by winning that. Yeah, what if Arsenal? Oh, win Europa League. Europa League. Yeah, there is avenues. Yeah, there's avenues. If you win the Ch- Europa League, is the one below the Champions League. Chelsea yeah, so in the semi final. If Chelsea won the Europa League, <coughs> yeah, but also in the top four, then who gets the? It goes to fifth, and fifth place would get. The qualification. Oh, what about FA Cup? You got FA Cup as well. If you win the I, FA Cup, I read an article. It was last week when obviously Liverpool didn't get battered by Barcelona, and Tottenham were before the Ajax game, and it was super. Compl- it was super complicated. Yeah, there is a lot of avenues, but I do understand that if Watford beat Man City in the FA Cup final, they will qualify for Europa League. I'd have to read over the article. Okay. Sam, that's your job, mate. Get on Google. Official. <laughs> that's your 21st job in the club. Official statistician. But no, so two big clubs missing. Josh was on our, Coach Josh was on our pod last time. He's an Arsenal fan, as many of you who listen will know. His club are going to be missing out probably this year, or hopefully this year, unless they win, well, if they win the Europa League, they just go back in the Europa League. Or do they go in Champions League? They go in Champions League, right? If they win the Europa League. Yeah. So hopefully they lose against Valencia away. Uh, Chelsea have Frank Fight in the other semi-final both playing on Thursday and then an even bigger club some may say well apparently it used to be the biggest club in the world I'm not sure about that we'll have to talk about that a little bit more but Manchester United Oli at the wheel has steered them off the cliff <laughs> biggest in, club in the world <laughs> into sixth place currently um, they could not come seventh I don't think so at least they'd have to drop down more and they could come fifth if they if results go nowhere on the weekend, but they will not be playing Champions League football next year. Uh, here we go. However, go Chelsea yeah. win the Europa, Europa League, League. Yeah. and Man United finish fifth. Not sure, depending on what happens in the FA Cup. Hopefully, Man City win the FA Cup. Yeah. Man United would qualify for the qualification rounds of the Champions League. So they'd probably get to play Cliftonville. It's <laughs> a great match. So it's not happening, right? It's just, let's go with that. Carl, go on then. Man United, Oli has steered you out the Champions League. Immediate thoughts. The Champions League? Oh, uh, qualification or whatever. Yeah. The league? Top four, oh, yeah. Shocking. Sick. I think Oli's been pretty honest, to be honest. To be honest, to be honest. <laughs> the, uh, I think he's been honest. <laughs> nah, I think, it's, I think it's deserved. I think he came in, a little short term buzz, but I think that squad, I think the. Everything around the team is just it's terrible. What is it though? Is it? I think it's a bunch of spoilt players. Not a lot of them really care, and not a lot of them are real United players. To be honest, like if you go go through the squad, it's like Pogba off to Madrid this year. Sanchez. <laughs> What a clown he is. Right, Chong, young guy, like so him. you give him a break. De Gea. Look, everybody, look, he's had a few, but he's still the he's best still keeper. Yeah. yeah. Rashford, United player. Lukaku. What are you thoughts on he, him? He's gone. Ander. PSG, Gone. Martial. Up on and a, down. On a beach Up somewhere. and down. Fred, as someone said, he couldn't pass an eye test. Literally, like Fred, is that some geezer's dad that's just going <laughs> in the squad? Fred Flintstone, yeah, Luke Shaw. 
I've still... oh, there's Barney from his time. <laughs> <laughs> I think Luke Shaw's still. I think he's done well this year. I like. I like Luke Shaw. Lingard, like Lingard, Ashley Young. He's over the hill now, probably. Dalat, good player. Matamane really came in his own. I think at the end of this year, Juan Mata's probably gone. Piera doesn't cut it for me. Smalling done. Lindelof. I think if Not he's bad. got someone alongside him, Maddich done. Phil Jones, like on a, look, <laughs> all the jokes about Phil Jones and this and that. Black, he needs Black to Black Rovers legend. Hey, hey. Phil, Phil Jones is Superman. This yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He, he kept us in the Premier League. One, the yeah. amount of bad press he just gives a club with those joke photos of his face. <laughs> he was eighteen years old. Rojo, useless. By I, you know, again has potential. Darmian, no. Romero, no. Dar- Lee Grant, he's just a waste of a kit, to be honest. Like, literally. Darmian like, wouldn't get into Blackburn team. I like, mean. Why, why do we need a third keeper? Like, it, <laughs> we barely need a second keeper. And then uh, Gomez. So, like, you look at that whole squad and it's Awful. like five or six are the young younger players that you would really keep. It's, so, as a Man United club not playing in the Champions League, is shocking. Yeah. To be honest. Wow, and it's just it sums it up the whole the whole plan going forwards. There is no plan. It's all about marketing, commercial. But, yeah. uh, now I was definitely riding the wave, enjoying that little spell, but the, uh, those last few matches have been absolutely. For joining us, Huddersfield, you're struggling, mate. You're struggling. Look, when United's on TV and they're playing, and then I see that, and I'm more excited to go watch a G11 practice. Like and that's no offense to anyone, but it's just shocking. Hard to watch the club, right? But it's gonna be like once the season ends and City win it, City might do it. You know, do the treble. Oh, incredible, incredible. It's, it's probably deserved over the last few years. Uh, it's gonna be an exciting summer. Like as a Chelsea fan, do you see the manager being there? No way. We're not done with United yet. Let's finish off with United. What do you think? Ole's gonna be there. That's the question. That's the question, right? I've got, I've got one for you. If you as, as the famous man Andy Tate once said, "Will you give it Giggsy till the end of the season? <laughs> one game left. Get Ollie out. Give it Giggsy till the end of the season." If United were to put Ollie out now or in the summer, it'd be an embarrassment. Yeah, they even do what they did. It's just it just shows there's no thought process. Okay, it's so all reactive. Good qu- one word answer: Should they have given Ollie the contract at the time they did? No, just wait no. to the end of the year. I think he should have waited till the end of the season. Yeah. I don't know. Now, the only thing to say is the only reason why they give him that early was to get other players to sign contracts. Yeah. That's, that's it. There was no other need for it, but... And results capitulated. But yeah, like, only as the weeks go on, like, his face. <laughs> he's <laughs> starting to look like David Moyes. <laughs> like he's gone from 30 to 60 in a matter of weeks. Have anyone seen that? His face yeah, and David Moyes. It's, yeah. it's funny. Very honest, though, wasn't he? In his press conference saying, you know, Europa, Light, Europa League's probably about right. I think it could have been right for any of the four teams that were involved. Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham and Man United, to be honest. I don't think anybody really like that it. last game against Brighton, it's, it's not good enough. Yeah. At the end of the season, fighting for your life. And I know Brighton is, but it's not good enough. So United need to keep Ollie at the end of the year. They need to go big in the summer. And they need to stop focusing on how much they're going to sell off the field and how many Chevrolet badges they can put on their kits. And they can they need to sign some players, right? They need a big squad overhaul. How much in the region do they need to spend, do you think? 200, 300 million? It's a joke. I don't know. 
Don't know. Bit of Gareth Bale, maybe? Bit of Gale on the wind? I don't even... Like I said, I think United need a good centre midfielder. I like players like Declan Rice or Jack Grealish. Someone who can add a bit of... You know, Flintstone, Fred (laughs) Flintstone. Yeah, I think up top you've got Rashford Lingard. I think you need one more there. Captain Gunn? I think, yeah, big time. I think you need a centre half to play a lot. I think that fullbacks are fine. Fair enough. Sam, anything to add for United? Seeing as you know, you probably like United in some capacity, right? In and over. No, not really. I think they should get rid of Paul Pogba. He's gone and he's got. I don't think. I don't think he's, he's. He's hot and cold, and he, he only plays when it suits him, and he's got too much of an influence. And then I think you get rid of players like Pogba. Martial seems a little bit stroppy as well. I think that makes a massive difference, and then replace them the best you can. I think they're crying out for a, a solid centre half, like a Ferdinand type, Vidic type, real leader. And then obviously depending on who they replace, like a Pogba with, I think they'll be fine. Fair enough. <clears throat> so, yeah, maybe we can switch on to happier times at West London. Chelsea, qualified, top four, roller coaster of a season. We've we've played, you know, we've had Sarri at the helm, Sarri ball. <laughs> it's not really been Sarri ball, to be honest, but we've managed to scrape through upcoming transfer ban, potentially. Latest news yesterday was that it will be frozen for the summer, hopefully. So that will allow us to sign players in the summer, which we're going to need because our squad, just like United's, is pretty depleted and it's not good enough. I hate to say it, I've probably got a little bit of a tear in my eyes as I say this, but we are going to lose Eden Hazard in the summer. He's got, he's going to go to Madrid, there's no doubt about it. Our best player, best player in the Prem. On, I think it's a big loss for the league in general though, right? You know, you're not going to be seeing... You want the best players in the world in that league. And for him to leave, to go to his boyhood dream club, which is Real Madrid, it's going to be a sad day for Chelsea fans, but I think it's also going to be a sad day for Premier League fans, right Sam? As a fan of Hazard, as you once said, and prior to watching the yeah, league. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you've got Pulisic to come in. Don't you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, be very by careful. the way, got to be very careful what I say here. And I... Chelsea do have some decent loan players out. We do. If, if the right manager was to go for him. Hudson Adoy just slots in, doesn't he? Hudson Adoy, we've got Tammy. Tammy. Yeah. We've got Mason Mount, you've got uh, Reese James. Back away. Bagging in goals at Palace, isn't he? No, our loan army is bigger Do, than what? Is it? Has it got more people than England, isn't it? Who, our loan army. Who would, who would you like to see Chelsea sign to replace Hazard? Realistically. Someone who would actually be attracted to them and play with Chelsea. Who is there? That's what I mean. I'm, it's hard. Cause Chelsea, who's Chelsea can Chelsea, get either? Being Chelsea are not... Chelsea of two years ago, right, when we won the league, like, we're not the most attractive club in the... Like, you're going to go to City or Liverpool at this moment, aren't you, if you're a big... If you're a number one player. Bring Fernando Torres back. Oh, mate, my favourite player. I love Torres. Uh, nah, that I, 50 million goal against Barcelona was worth it. In I'm, I'm struggling even to think who they go with. Honestly, I think they take back some of them loanies and... Take them, we've got to get some of these young kids coming up. Have you seen some of these kids at, like, like Felix at Benfica and... There's Fernandez at Sporting Lisbon, who apparently sitting. We need to go for like the next big star. We're not going to be able to go in and get a superstar. Like we don't have, the, we can't compete financially with City anymore. We don't have the, the, you know, we're not the number one desirable club right now. So maybe, you know, Hudson Odoi on the left, 
Christian Pulisic on the right, the American superstar. Do you think Pulisic's going to come in and actually start? Absolutely not. No. Start? Oh, I don't know. Again, I don't think so. the manager? Jaden Sancho. Sarri will stay next year. I think now we've got the Champions League. Sancho? You think he'd be, you think he'd be interested in Chelsea? No. Uh, I think he'd go to one of the other three. Apparently United want him, I've heard. Apparently he's a United fan or something. I don't know. But yeah, no... Um, Lots going on at the club. If we get a summer transfer ban, we're bang in trouble. I'll tell you that. Because uh, we do need some signings. We've got David Louise. I love his character and his passion, but he's an absolute donut at the back. Sideshow Bob. You know you have a player, Jared Thompson, goalkeeper, on loan at one point time in Northern Ireland. It's like That club's like five minutes from where I live. Oh, yeah? That's madness. Great career. Great career. Why for him then? moving there? <laughs> But no, easy. we're in the top four. Five, we're playing. You've got five goalkeepers on loan. Yeah, we're playing. We're playing Champions League football next year under Sarri. So you know, we're absolutely buzzing. Would love to get the Champions League theme tune out right now. Uh, maybe Sam can do a little quick YouTube special. But uh, no, we're buzzing. I'm buzzing. Um, we're probably gonna get knocked out in the group stages. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. We're still, we're a part of it. We're there. You know, Tuesday night, Wednesday nights. We're not on Channel Four on Thursdays anymore, which I'm excited about. Look forward to watching United on that next year. <laughs> Against uh, Besiktas or someone like that. But uh, no, um, Chelsea have got a big summer coming up, and I'll be surprised if we sack Sarri now. Actually, I don't know if I'll be surprised knowing Chelsea. We actually won the double and we sacked him three weeks later. Sarri, who who comes in? There's rumours of giving it to Lamps and there. Frank Lampard, club legends, done well in Derby in the Championship. Give it to him. I think it's too early for him. If Lamps doesn't get in the uh, Premier League from the Championship, that could be. That could be on. Could happen. JT's at Villa as well, isn't he? He's in the playoffs. John Terry, club legend. So, a few options, but I think we Zari deserves another year. He didn't get a full pre-season. You I know, don't think... I think he deserves I it. He got us in the top four. I don't think he deserves it after some of the things that have happened this year. You're talking about like the FA Cup final and stuff like that? Just, just that, Sorry, how he's League talked. Cup I just think he's... I don't think he's cut out for it. I think in the long term he's not cut out for it. I don't think he's going to be our three. Four, he's not going to be our Lord and Savior like, for three, four years. But I do think he's got top four. He might win a trophy in his first year. You can't, you know, you can't argue. Look that at look with at the squad we have in him personality ways in comparison to Klopp, Guardiola, and even oh, em, you know massive. Emre. He, he can handle even Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's came in. Look at look how he handles it in front of the media. Sorry, Sorry he is, loves a fag, did he? Loves a fag, little smoke screen. Have you seen him walking around training with one in his mouth? Yeah. It's not lit, but he does that. Like it's, yeah, isn't it? it's, it's culture. It's bringing the culture over. He couldn't be that addicted that he has to chew on it for an hour. Like yeah, loves it, but no. So absolutely buzzing. It's good to see Chelsea. You know, most successful club in recent years, backing where they belong. You know, hopefully we'll win the Europa League now. Chelsea, Arsenal in the final. I think that's going to be. I'm not overly. Confident. I There's something about playing Arsenal with finals I don't like. They beat us a couple of times in the FA Cup final. Be good though. It'd be I good would, for English I would, football. I would but... definitely watch that final because I typically don't watch it apart from when United played in it. Yeah, no, it's, it'll be a good game. Um, I'm hoping Aaron Ramsey's out injured and stays injured because he always bangs in goals against Chelsea. So in the final, he loves it. So he's going to Juventus in the summer. So hopefully we beat them. That'd be nice. Banner a few mates, you know, get Josh on the wind up. Let's get into yeah. it on this one. What's that? Liverpool. Oh, champion. Could so anyway, out, just to let you know, guys, Chelsea finished above United. 1-0 Dan, get in there. Liverpool could be out of the Champions League. Yeah, Messi masterclass. Week. And 
Lose the Premier League. league. This Sunday. Fantastic. What a week that could be. All I can think of is that picture I've got on my phone of that Liverpool fan crying. I put it on my Instagram <laughs> last week. I don't know if you guys saw it. I'll get up my phone here real quick to see so you guys can see it in the office. Unfortunately, we can't share it with you guys, but where is it? Here she is. Look at that. That's all I can think of. That's brilliant. Love it. That was really can't wait. Can't wait to see that. No, uh, Liverpool got absolutely torn apart. 3-0 at the Camp Nou, or New Camp, as we, however you want to say it, by Messi, the greatest player of all time. New Camp. Do you not call it the New Camp? Camp Nou, isn't it, officially? Yeah, but it's always been called the New Camp, like, when they... When English, so, yeah. What about Messi? Best player of all time, yes or no? Me? Yeah. Still say Ronaldo. Still say Ronaldo. I think that's the United in him. I'm torn. I don't know. It's hard. It's definitely. I like Ronaldo, but I do think Messi. They're all time. George Best. Bestie. Best of all time. He has got some quotes. That man. Can't put him on the pod. Not PG, but brilliant. But no, I think Messi's the best of all time. He's he's incredible, man. Hopefully, he rips him apart. Messi do it in another league. Yeah, which he never will. I I don't blame him for not leaving though. You know, he's got a cushy in him. Tax evasion, all that. Gets a new contract every six weeks, then he gets another hundred grand put on a week. It's unbelievable. But yeah, no. Hopefully, t- kicking off in nine minutes. Hopefully, he tears them apart at Anfield, knocks Liverpool out, which will be a nice job. Other semi final is Ajax, Ajax versus Spurs. Spurs. Hotspurs. Uh, that is one zero to Ajax in the first leg. They beat Tottenham at their new stadium in London. It's a nice stadium. About the only nice thing about Tottenham. Uh, but now they're going back to the Netherlands or Holland to play in Ajax. Is that today or tomorrow? Poor Tottenham and their depleted squad. They're just oh, brilliant. struggling now. Love it. Love it. Love it. To end, yeah, they're just struggling now. And, I love and it. Look, he even gave, remember, what do you call him? He got sent off. The young lad that came on got snapped some. Yeah, yeah, giving the young lads a chance, which should happen, and then he gets sent off. And it's just... He came on a half-time, got sent off two minutes later. How Tottenham is that? Oh, I love it. Nothing better than waking up. In LA, 8 o'clock in the morning, you check the results on ESPN and you've seen Tottenham have lost. Fantastic start to the day. Um, they're capitulating. We've got above them in third in the Premier League. I like their new stadium. I like some of their players. Harry Kane, Deli Alli, you know, English players. want to see them do well. Big fan of Pochettino as a coach. Who's gone? Who's gone this summer? <sighs> you've got to leave. You've got to, right? Come on. Guys, I know I hate Tottenham, so Harry I'm, I'm going to do this, but you've got to be with me. Harry Kane's got to go, hasn't he? Christian Eriksen, he's got to go. Harry get the haircut from Madrid now, doesn't he? Little slick back. Yeah, proper. Yeah. Not sure his, about his Spanish, though. In his casita during the day. He can barely speak English. I don't think he should be able to speak Spanish anytime soon. To be honest, maybe he comes out a bit of Spanish, so he'll be all right. <laughs> but no, he's got to leave, right? Kane's got to leave. Christensen's got to leave. Uh, Eriksen's got to leave. Christensen, Chelsea's element. Got to leave, right? I'd love it. I would love oh, it if all of them left. gone. He's saying it's nearly done. Where, Madrid? Madrid are going to sign everybody, let's be honest. I thought it was Barton. One of the two. They're going to sign everybody this year, aren't they? Barcelona and Real Madrid. They're going to go, especially Madrid with Zidane in charge. Going to bring them back to Galacticos, right? They're going to get Hazard. They're going to get Pogba. They'll get Mbappe or Neymar, one of the two. Oh, no. Neymar's going away. Got to go to China, don't he? Oh, get some more money. Yeah, he's got to get Struggling, isn't he? <laughs> But nah, um, so Champions League. Mo Salah the Madrid now. Nah, he's got a headache, isn't he? Too busy having a headache. <laughs> Can't handle it. Um, to, just to bring these back up, last time we were on the pod, we did our predictions for Champions League and Premier League and Europa League winners. We had Josh saying Juve would win the Champions League, Chelsea would win the Europa League, which is 
surprising coming from an Arsenal fan, seeing as I still in the competition. And City would win the league. Myself, I was exactly the same. Juve, Chelsea and City. Uh, obviously, Juve got knocked out. Chelsea looked good for the Europa League. City looked good for the Prem. Sam, you said Liverpool would win the Champions League. Doesn't look likely with Messi on the other side. Penalties tonight, mate. Yeah. yeah. All right, maybe. Valencia. Let's go back to here. 2006. Istanbul. 2005, right? Wasn't it 2005? I want to say 2006 because it was the night before my PE. All right. There's a, bit, there's a beer on Tower 12 on this. Coach Carl's going to get the, uh, the final results. 2005. Get in. Get in. I'll have a Moscow Mew at the Tower. Good, man. Moscow. Good. <laughs> no, it's Istanbul. I don't want to talk about Moscow. Last time, <laughs> if we talk about Moscow, it's going to be the Champions League final between United and Chelsea, isn't it? That was oh, him. John Terry. That was, what, uh, doing, <laughs> what was he doing? Valencia to win the Europa League. They're down 3 1 against Arsenal in the first leg. How are you feeling about that? Another comeback? Oh, comeback got the away goal, haven't they? Yeah. And City to win the league. Easy. We'll say the best till last. <laughs> Carl predicted that Man United would win the Champions League. <laughs> uh, you've got that wrong. <laughs> if you want to go back and listen to episode three of the pod, right towards the end, you can hear it. Arsenal to win Europa League, staying with that? I think so. I think he's done it in that. Oh, yeah, he's won it. Before. Emery, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, of, I think so. Cool. And then City to win the league. I think it's guaranteed. No. We've all said City, haven't we? Fantastic. So, some, we're not too far away from our predictions. We're not perfect. None of us are, but not too far away. So, Premier Champions League review done. United is struggling. Fantastic. Sam, can't really batter Sam because he supports a non-league team. <laughs> but, uh, all well. Okay, so we'll finish off with a couple of parent questions just to end the pod for this week. We always get sent in a few from our loyal patrons. Um... We always ask a few parents to send them in. We always get the Brown family sending in about 20. So we're going to pick a couple from them because they are very loyal listeners of the pod and they spread it well. So um, we'll go with a question from... See if, did Kate Brown send anything PG in or is it all Jeff? Looks like we got Jeff. So we'll go with Jeff for question one. Is the club following a predefined curriculum week to week or are they making adjustments to address specific team needs and weaknesses? Good question, I think. Coach Carl, get in there. Yes and yes. <laughs> Let's go into the second part. Are we making no, adjustments? No, I answered the first part and I answered the second part. Yes and yes. We're trying to be informative this uh, week, Coach Carl. Well, I, we talked about the curriculum at the start. We're we following a curriculum on a weekly basis. And I think we've talked about it on previous podcasts where coaches focus on a curriculum one evening and then on the other evening they can adjust the curriculum based on what their team needs. So, yes and yes. Next. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking a battery for 20 minutes back in night. He's pretty fragile. Sam, anything about addressing specific team needs or weaknesses from your groups? Uh, I guess I would have to say uh, yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> you heard them. We tried. <laughs> okay, and then another question. Let's have a look here. We've got a few, so I'm just going through them now. Just trying to pick a good one here. Uh, 
All right, let's go with this one. Final question. We'll just do the two this week. Final question of the week, gents, so we can round off and go and watch the Champions League. Um, I've got one. Is it better for development to be the best player on a weaker team or a weak player on a strong team? Sam, why? It just varies on the personality of the player. Some players can handle being a weak player on a stronger team and they'll, they'll kind of fight and work and kind of pull themselves to where they're on a similar level. Other players would just sink, if you will, and maybe can't handle it. Um, some players, being the better player on a team, will still have that motivation, that intrinsic motivation to carry on and always be the best player on that team. Others will get a little bit sloppy and rest on the laurels a little bit. So it really just depends on the, the personality of the player. Personality, right? And it's something, something you have to think about when we're building the teams. Mm-hmm. I know I've had this conversation with parents about them wanting the kid to be pushed up to play on a higher level team and be the weaker player and have to fight and we've kind of had the conversation is is this player the right kind of personality and, and mentality for it so it really does just depend on on the player you use the word intrinsic there great word by the way didn't, it, didn't they add that in the locker good stuff Carl did, did I use it in the right context I think so <laughs> we'll let you slide uh, I don't really think about it like that to be honest Think yes of, and yes. <laughs> no and no, actually, my answer would be for this. Oh, uh, I just think you got to find a team that fits for you competitively and everything else, you know. If you're mm. the best player on a team, maybe there's other things that work for you. Maybe your friends are on that team. Maybe it's local, you know. Like the coach. Maybe you can't make it to practice and you got to get a ride from another family that, you know, can take you, right? Mm-hmm. So it, I think different things like that. I, again, I think people just... I think sometimes there's more thought in those components than actually just... Development. Playing the game and getting better. You know what I mean? So... Just no. Overcompetitive parent. Yeah, just I, no, no. I don't think it's overcompetitive. I just think it's uh, it's you got to look at avenues of what you're getting out of it. You know, even if you're a strong player on a the strongest player on a team, but then you come up against a very good team, what does that define you as? Because it's a team, and even if you're a weak player, weakest player on the team, and you come up against good opposition, does that really mean anything? Perhaps not, right? I mean, I think personally, if you get down to uh, Brown, Dorsey Field and stuff, working on your skills a little bit more, you might develop better anyway, right? I mean, yeah. you got to put a little extra work in, to no, be honest. Get on no, Brown no. Field. No, no. 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 So no yes, no. yes, and no, no. <laughs> if I had to choose one of the two, I'd probably say be the weaker player on the stronger team. If I had to choose Definitely, one of the two. you would not choose that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there is no way you would choose that <laughs> and there's no way any many kids and even adults would choose that I'm sorry Gloriana yeah, yeah. <laughs> the perfectionist and spoiled brat in you would never choose that yeah, you want to stand on the team with your golden boots with your fresh Chelsea kit <laughs> and be looked at like you are Hazard come over come and on. out can't argue that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, by the way, people listening. <laughs> All right, guys. Good week's pod. Got to get out of here. We've got to watch Liverpool get battered by Barca and Messi. Sam, 
What do you want? Just say bye to your fans. See you, see you later, guys, and uh, let me know on those uh, sponsorships. Carl, see you in a few months. <laughs> Vacation time for him. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. See you on the other side.